0: Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we are joined all the way from Hamburg, Germany by data scientist Vlad Yashin. He's back on the program and I always love talking to Vlad. Very insightful and intelligent. Today we actually start off talking about Ukraine because uh, Vlad is originally from Belarus which borders both Ukraine and Russia. So I wanted to really get his perspective on what's going on in Ukraine and what Russia is doing and what it kind of looks like moving forward. So that was really helpful. And um, he shared a couple different instances and stories. We talk about just like the fragility of life and how we often take it for granted. But also as human beings, we have the power within ourselves, to take small steps every single day to get better and then to improve our communities and society as well. So we talk about responsibility, communication, all those great things. <laughs> we, we, uh, we both see eye to eye on a lot of different issues, big and small, and uh, one of those things We see the biggest threat to humanity in the 21st century being underpopulation. It's not necessarily something people think about, but if you look at what's happening, look at the numbers, it's a basic math problem. And uh, we talk about that, but we also talk about what we're excited for in the future. He has a great podcast called Futuricity. Check it out. He's coming from a data perspective and he's talking about machine learning and the future and ways that uh, it's being implemented in society. So it's really cool. This is a great episode. Again, I love talking with Vlad. Let's begin. Well, we're here with uh, Vlad Yashin. We've uh, we've been chatting. <laughs> <laughs> Data scientist from Hamburg, Germany. Uh, it's great to talk to you again. The last time we talked might have been in like January. Um, yeah, why don't you briefly introduce yourself again?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm glad to be here on your podcast, Rich. And I'm Vlad, 24. I was born in Belarus, in Gome. Pretty small town. Uh moved to Germany to Hamburg. Uh, actually to Hanover and then to Hamburg um, for my bachelor's degree and um, living here f- since 2016, like almost six years. Um, I'm a data scientist, was working in different fields, um really big fan of um ai systems and uh, machine learning systems also uh think a lot about the future uh, try to be human as much as i can and uh, empathize people it's difficult but i'm trying to learn it on uh, my way and yeah i'll do some self-marketing i have also my um the futurist podcast so maybe we'll put
0: a link that would be awesome yeah we'll put a we'll put a link for sure Wonderful.
1: yeah that's a brief introduction of who i am
0: yeah so we were we were talking about a number of things before this uh, my my summer with the gunman um I, w- I will say this like so i uh talked about it with you and how like this summer has been quite transformative mm-hmm. you know when you have like this near-death experience at the beginning of the summer Now it's like the end of the summer and i'm kind of now uh zooming out and seeing like okay what did this summer mean or like the things that happened and Mm -hmm. um the processing of the event and like life is fundamentally different now it's just like i'm a different person it's like it's done Mm -hmm. and so it's like how then navigating life as this new person, per se. Uh, There's so many interesting things, Um, but I will say this, like this is kind of like the biggest theme to come from it is, I described to you, I had a near-death experience in 2018, and then every day I'm just getting better because that's, that's, if you wanna live a great life, that's how you have to do it. And I've developed my own personal philosophy and approach to life that's effective and efficient for me where something like this happens, it's traumatic, but you're mentally prepared and you move forward and it's in the past. I'm okay now. So let's let's turn this into more of an opportunity and um, a point to get better in a mm-hmm. way. And I think, but right before this is happening, I ha- even have recordings where I'm talking about how like bored I am with life. Like life mm-hmm. has gotten kind of easy. And, like, on this individual level, I'm, like, doing really, really well. But there's also this, like, internal suffering in a Mm -hmm. way. And something like this makes me realize there's this, like, internal suffering because you also see everything around you. And everybody's suffering. And it's, like, what's the point of just, like, living life? really really well for yourself and so it's more about like giving back and how to then work with other people to serve each other serve our communities and just make the world a better place um so i had been thinking about that and then it just takes something like a near-death experience to just like catapult it in that direction so i've been uh you know, fortunate, fortunately for me too. Like I've had channels. Like I have things that I'm doing. It's not like I I don't dwell on the event or life in that sense. It's like okay, now I'm gonna channel this energy into this and that and that and um. That's been pretty interesting. To kind of cap our conversation on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. If- I can highly
1: relate to it because um, probably I've told you on the podcast in our last episode or in our first episode. Uh, I don't remember it right now. I can't recall it, but anyway, um, to serve the communities, to serve the humanity in general, it's one of the biggest pleasures ever, I think. And yeah, that's actually for me somehow the biggest pleasure to serve the humanity and the communities Mm -hmm. in general as a meaning of life and about suffering. I've seen it quite a lot. And that's actually you've summarized. it really well up that uh, there is suffering everywhere internally. uh, Media gives you more and more suffering, like, Mm -hmm. or at least the feeling of suffering that look, we are going to die. Earth is destroying climate crisis here mm-hmm. uh, we have wars, we have um, corona, we have many different bad things, but there are also a lot of really good things in this world that mm-hmm. no one mentions and um, I think if a person puts enough effort into search of this internal meaning of why are you here on this planet? Mm -hmm. And uh, as my philosophy, uh, because you've mentioned your philosophy and for me, it's the biggest um, motivator uh, and why I wake up and I'm really um, into asking this question, uh, why you wake up every day in the morning? So what drives you? Because of course you can have like great ideas and dreams and stuff like that, but all these small days, like your routine is forming you as an individual as a member of a society as a member of a community and all those um you know tiny things uh make you a great human being so and for me uh fortunately i've realized it kind of early and i don't know somehow i've just stuck to it uh that um we don't have that much time on this planet if you calculate. So um, for us in um, you, in Europe in general, we have uh, maybe after 18, you are capable of doing all those things you want. Um, and maybe till 55, 60, where you have your brain capacity to still do something with your brain after like there are a lot of studies that your brain capacities decline in all the manners, uh, in all the ways. And if you just take this frame, it's like 40 years, maybe 45, mm. maybe 50, let's say 50. It's not that much if you want to do something great with your life. Of course, it shouldn't be great for everyone, but uh, something meaningful costs a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy a lot of involvement and engagement into the life as a process and um a lot of things in my life like for example um, related to work i'm trying to uh i'm trying to think about them as a game or as a challenge and not as a kind of daily routine for me for example um i don't know um interviews technical interviews it's more of a challenge and i think of them as a challenges like in the i don't know computer game rather than as a oh, okay i have to prepare and i have to think about it and i have to this and that of course i prepare but it's in a more gamified manner if i can say mm. so and yeah. yeah about this time frame so it's not as much time as people think it's like if you want to family one day those children they take a lot of time and then maybe build some kind of a i don't know business or podcasting or whatever like even tiny things they cost a lot of time and um yeah that's helped me to uh get my head clear about um who i am and what i'm doing like with my life so
0: well yeah one of the reasons i want to have you on uh is to talk about the future
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and or share your thoughts on it um before we get to that though i i've been uh curious about your perspective on what's going on in ukraine
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um since i know that it it's it's touched you pretty uh um intimately in a way Mm -hmm. so uh if you're open to share that, I'd be very curious sure. to hear.
1: Sure, I'm always glad to share. And if uh, at least, I don't know, 10 people, 20 people, 50 people listen to this and just Google one more extra time and think about how precious and fragile the world is, uh, it would be awesome. So basically, um, I can speak of Ukraine and war um, war in Ukraine in two ways. The first is like a more human uh, centered way where human is a, in the center and the second um, perspective is more of a geopolitical perspective so um let's start with the second one so basically what happened for all of the people who don't know Russia invaded Ukraine on 24th of February uh, or more than half a year ago uh, really dark times and uh, probably like in terms of uh Re-thinking and um reflecting on how the world works and on um the in general on, on humanity it was one of the darkest years ever in my life and for the majority of people uh, also in my surroundings like my best friend for example he's from ukraine from kharkiv and kharkiv is since 24th of february constantly like daily under the fire, under the artillery rockets flying to the kindergartens, to the schools, to the hospitals. And, um, Kharkiv is like the second biggest city, probably. Maybe the third biggest city, I don't want to lie. So, and it's like ruins, almost ruins. And, um, a lot of horrible things happened. Um, but yeah, um, I think like in a geopolitical way, it's, a uh, madman from Kremlin, from Moscow, that just have um, imperialistic thoughts on land and doesn't care about any kind of human-based. I don't know, human-based under underground, so 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 to say, it's just you're
0: talking about uh, Putin. Putin,
1: yeah, yeah, Putin. Putin mm-hmm. is, is a madman. Putin is a uh and yeah for him it's like that's what i've mentioned like um uh, i have more human centralized game um for example when i'm uh, preparing for job interviews but he is like has way more imperialistic perspective about like conquering other lands and here georgia like um i've discovered recently one of his biggest hobbies and i'm there are no um report on that, or it's just a, um, rumors from his surroundings uh, that his biggest hobby is just buying other politicians all over the world. Uh, the biggest target is, for example, Great Britain, and that's why uh, a lot of uh, Russian oligarchs are living in Great Britain and have no problems in paying with their money uh, somewhere in London. Because what? What would you say?
0: He has what with other bu- leaders?
1: Bu- literally oh. buying politicians. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's his like biggest hobby. And um, there was also a rumor. And I can also think that it's true that um, when he wanted to make this attack on and start this war on 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 the Ukraine, it was um, I don't want to lie. It was probably December or yeah November or December. It was clear that there will be a war, but it wasn't officially communicated. Basic uh, uh, actually um, um, American um, uh, American agents and um, Pentagon and stuff like that uh, predicted pretty well the start date of of the invasion. Like mm-hmm. I, I was really impressed. Uh, like chapeau and um, yeah what I wanted to say is that um, he had information that people in the Ukraine wait with a uh, bread and salt and wine that Russia comes and conquers the uh, Ukrainians because this information was sold to the Putin and Putin like uh, just paid a lot of gas and oil money to buy politicians in the Ukraine but it didn't work well and there was this rumor that everyone was awaiting of Russian invasion, and in three days they will conquer all the Ukraine. Like it's mm-hmm. the biggest, the second biggest country in the Europe with I don't know 50, 60 million population, something like that. Uh, but it wasn't the case, and all the way down, like from Putin and or well, from Kremlin and his surrounding to. Receiver of this money, um, they're just stealing, 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 and sold him. I don't know fairy tales, and yeah, for him, he. I think he's a, one of the richest, or maybe probably the richest man in the world. Um, hmm. Yeah, and so uh, that was geopolitical, but it's um, really horrible dark days uh, for all. Europeans that uh, I would say that uh, if you have at least something human in your heart and indifferent, that's a dark, dark days. Because I've never thought I will experience uh, not directly, but indirectly or intimately, as you've mentioned, uh, war in my. In my life, because for me it was like um, always stories from my grandparents, um the um second world war and how it went yeah. and all this occupation and stuff at the as books that's history who will start a war like for nothing in the 21st century. There is a madman for, for, for that. Uh yeah, and um from the so basically I I think if you think if if you ask about like the future and prediction of the war i think that ukraine will fight till the last soldier because i've never seen that kind of uh, national unity across Mm -hmm. all literally across all the spheres of life Mm -hmm. from bakers to gardeners to soldiers to it specialists to podcasters that kind of unification mm-hmm. i've never seen it uh, i've experienced something similar with the, our protest in belarus back in 2020 but here is like a whole nother level and mm-hmm. that much support and that much indifferent people uh who really uh just give away the flats for example here in hamburg i've i've met a couple of them just give away the flats say okay i have another flat here that i'm um renting but whatever you can take it so and just people Mm. uh ukrainian refugees live here for i don't know over six seven eight months paying nothing and people are really helpful of course it's a kind of wealthy city hamburg and a lot of wealthy neighborhoods but still you have to be a human in the first line uh to do this so and um i think that they will fight till the end um I'm not sure if they succeed because Russia is huge and they have a lot of, lot of, lot of people who are really poor. And if you pay them like extra couple hundred dollars, they will go and fight for nothing in mm-hmm. in, in in the front of Ukraine and just conquer territories, kill Ukrainians, stuff like that. Uh, and this propaganda machine is actually in some way amazing, of course in a negative, but in a a positive way that to establish this propaganda or that big country in Russia. It's It's effective. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really sorry about Russians who got trapped into this propaganda machine for 20 20 years. I guess Putin is over 20 years uh, as a president. And yeah, so, and I think that right now, for example, there are fights for Kherson. Kherson is like uh, the southern Ukraine. Uh, a very big city, a uh, very important city for Russians because it's like uh, there is a bridge from Crimea that's okay. already occupied since 2014, like this uh, half island, to the... Uh, all the important roads on the um, Kherson um, destination from Russia. So it's like really important uh, city geopolitically. And right now the um, uh, Ukrainians started to uh, counterattack on this uh, dist- um, on this direction, Kherson direction. And I think if Russia loses this city because it's it's a single achievement in half a year. What they've managed to occupy mm. one city in southern Ukraine. No more. No Kharkiv, no Kiev, no uh, eastern biggest uh, Ukrainian cities. No, just this one city. And if they lose it, uh, then they've lost everything that they wanted. I mean, they didn't got They didn't get a lot since the war started and mm-hmm. if they lose this city and i'm pretty sure they will lose because as i've seen how they are prepared it's like you can forget about it uh, so yeah and then uh probably yeah well the, the ukrainians will get back all the eastern part of ukraine hopefully but it's as i've said it's difficult and
0: you also said too, Russia has a lot to throw at it still. Yeah. yeah. For
1: example, uh, i lately uh, in the news. I've read that uh, Russia started to let out all the prisoners who are who had this military experience just to send them to the war because they don't have enough capacity anymore. They are contracting prisoners saying mm-hmm. okay you have 40 years in the prison why not you go out right now and go to fight for russia for, mm. for bravery for for mother russia big proud uh, i don't know big proud uh soviet union again and Interesting. of course of course they go so yeah military recruitment is uh pretty bad also uh they're buying kind of a lot of military equipment from North Korea so for your understanding Mm. from North Korea it's like the -hmm. most closed country in the world probably and it's uh, an official information you can also find a lot about it in the internet yeah and the second perspective um, because here it's like really unpredictable some people said uh, it will be the war will be over in May others said okay till the end of august it will be over and russia will occupy the whole ukraine then a lot of a lot of factors a lot of unpredictable elements in this equation so that's why uh, war is difficult like battlefield is difficult and i'm not a uh, military person so for me it's just my personal opinion and i'm really like loyal to ukraine uh because That's uh, that should be stopped. That should be stopped. And um, this um, cannot see this um, this uh, barbarians. It's just you can. It's so difficult, like because you reflect a lot um, about your life. It's so difficult to keep in your head that people try to I don't know uh, to colonize Mars on a one side of a planet or like in some uh, specific region and in other specific region people just trying to like middle age conquer lands for nothing that's kind of extremely extremely difficult to keep it it's like yeah it seems you know like I
0: mean? uh seems like um giving up a lot to get a little Mm-hmm. It like doesn't make a lot of logical sense.
1: No logical sense at all. Yeah. And if so you then... can process the information, it's like that's really difficult to keep in mind that all those things happen in on our tiny fragile planet. One thing I've understood: our planet is so fragile, our societies are mm-hmm. so fragile it can break within days. And mm-hmm. in within days. You can get so much hate, so much anger, so much rage, revenge, like all the things uh, to the whole societies, because uh, I'm still trying, I'm honest with you, I'm still trying to not think about all the Russians in a negative way, but it's so difficult
0: because... You're also immediately there, whereas like I'm on the other side of the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But uh, nevertheless, even in, in Belarus, uh, it's, there are a lot of people, uh, the majority of them, I would say 70% that doesn't support the war and do all these partisan activities and trying to blow up trains uh, with uh, military equipment from Russia to Ukraine. So it's uh, also a lot of um, stories um, to tell. But yeah, that's kind of very difficult To not to generalize about all the people People. within society and to stay adequate to the facts that you see and Mm -hmm. to the responsibility because I'm the biggest fan of personal responsibility. So if you've done bad, it's your responsibility to either fix it or you will be punished. So that's how it works, but not about this generalization that, okay, if the whole russia did it of course not but
0: difficult topic difficult topic. it's also like the uh, the idea or the concept or action of forgiveness of mm-hmm. like ignorance in a way like a lot of people don't know what they do is wrong whether it's um you know in my case like gunmen just like Mm -hmm. assaulting and robbing me for whatever reasons, or you're talking about Russians who you said have been influenced heavily by propaganda machines and, and media. It's also like wrapping your head around that of like the ignorance of it and like Mm -hmm. not, the thinking for oneself when there's not that emphasis or that um, that value mm-hmm. around them, per se?
1: Yeah, that's... Um,
0: that's a difficult thing.
1: That's a very difficult thing. And uh, I, in, in my eyes, the majority of Ukrainians and Europeans, it will take a long, long time. To forgive russia and russians in general of what they've done it will take years 10 20 i don't know a lot a lot of time
0: because now whenever you hear just the word russian you have negative connotations towards it
1: that's what i've meant that's what yeah. i'm trying to fight because uh, if i meet i don't know russian in the store here in Hamburg, there are a lot of them here yeah. but if I meet a Russian in the story or I I'm, I'm I hear the Russian speech, I'm trying to avoid this negative connotation that, okay, stay calm. Russian is not directly a bad negative person. It's mm-hmm. not a war criminal or whatsoever. It's just Russian who got trapped by the regime and this propaganda machine, and stuff like that. And there are a lot of yeah. bright people yeah. out there, but there uh, Still, the majority is uh, not confused. they yeah, are confused as well uh, by the propaganda.
0: Uh, hmm. A lot, uh, really a lot. So, so oh, you, you guys know about like we're chilling over here in the Western Hemisphere, and we're seeing all what's going on. Um So we're keeping our our eye on it. And there's there's just like there's so much going on in the world, <laughs> like a totally. lot um
1: daily daily a lot and uh one thing i'm trying to battle as well right now is to avoid reading the news like daily all the time um very difficult because it really damages your brain and your ability to focus to learn to live your life to focus to dream a lot
0: well here's here's the other side of that I pay attention to no news. I'm often left out. I feel like totally isolated in conversations with other people because they're talking mm-hmm. about stuff that like, I just don't care about. Um, local news, I will say, I think is more important because for me, like I think knowing about your local area and what's going on is pretty important. I sort of neglected that. There were like reports all the time of stuff like this happening this summer, you know, just carjackings and um, assaults. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If I was more aware of it and paid attention more to local news, I probably wouldn't have had that situation. But then, if I didn't have that situation, I wouldn't be here right now, where I'm at. So it's like the 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 news, the like co- commoditization, monetization. Mm-hmm. Of and course. like, of course, gamification of the news I think is uh pretty. News are horrible. News are horrible. Pretty ill, yeah. yeah. News are horrible because it's not news. It's not. It's like it's hijacking human psychology to then sell attention to advertisers.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh For me, you know, the the only reason probably why I'm reading this is because i've seen since i don't know 2017 18 i i was a really bad person in terms of emphasizing and uh really feeling what other people feel so trying to um i can dream well i can imagine well but it was difficult for me on the like my, um, emotional intelligence was close to zero. I was like really dumb mm. you can even imagine. And, uh, since <laughs> that time I, I'm, I've started to empathize to people to, you know, um, to not feel in the, all the ways, but to at least try to imagine what people are going through with mm-hmm. all those, uh, like major factors. And, um, yeah that's why for example um ukraine bothers me though so so much Uh, of course in the first line it's just because it's close to like it's really literally 200 300 kilometers away from my hometown yeah so
0: it's like here it's gonna hit you especially yeah. yeah
1: exactly and there were also some uh uh, some uh, rocket bombings on the Belarusian territory uh, from the Ukrainian okay. side or maybe from Russian side. Nobody knows, no official information, no reports, nothing is closed as hell. But uh, yeah, there were like a couple of videos uh, and it was 50 kilometers away from my uh, hometown where my parents live. So yeah, it's my responsibility at least to take care and to prevent or to inform them okay, hey, look, here people or soldiers are moving that direction or that direction and there are rumors that something bad may happen. Please Mm -hmm. evacuate and uh, stuff like that. I've also prepared in February with my brother, with my uh, cousin and uh, with my father uh, an evacuation plan for my family in case Mm -hmm. it escalated also on the Belarusian territory I saw that my grandmother would escape my uh auntie my my family members so that was a reality in February March April May
0: yeah it's like that an was, actual reality you yeah yeah that that, that was yeah. my
1: reality and uh, I'm not telling about for example that Hilo could uh, like my best friend from Ukraine he has whole different reality that's horrible Uh, i I would like to share uh, one one story with you we're sitting in a dorm Uh, i moved uh, to a new flat with my girlfriend and uh, i was living in a dorm and we were having a drink and it was um, everything fine uh, after the war started and then um, danilo's father like friend of mine called him because he's in a uh he's in a uh, territorial defense of Kharkiv and Kharkiv stays under bombs like since February okay. and uh, he called Danilo and he said hey uh, I'm here with my friends and uh, would you like to talk with them and then he was on the line like on a on a speaker with us um, we were on the table it was like late night maybe two or something in the night Um, and he was telling yeah it's pretty good. We keep fighting and um, Russian soldiers didn't manage to come into the city, so we're experiencing only bombs and uh, like kindergarten was destroyed like um, across the street uh, and Benilo asked, like, where are you right now? Yeah, we're in the office of the territorial Defense Unit in the Kharkiv, so we are pretty safe. And then he's keeping telling like some stories from the straight from the war zone mm-hmm. and then Once you hear the rocket missile, he said, oh, Jesus. And it was on the line. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, The rocket came, um, arrived in the um, neighbor house. I have Mm -hmm. to uh, go help people. It was like two in the night. And it was like literally over his head. And we've, we've heard it like through the phone in the real time said yeah mm-hmm. it's fine uh, didn't hit pro- of course they've tried to hit the office but they're battered in artillery uh, like mm-hmm. this uh, office of uh, Turtle Defense unit in Kharkiv they didn't hit and he went out and uh, tried to help like people with his friends it's, it's crazy and uh, that story was really um, not live stream but when you hear that kind of thing, like, you know, yeah. yes, like a small, tiny pieces, you reflect on your life and you understand that you are way too overprivileged, even if mm-hmm. at, at least that you are alive and you don't have bombs and rockets and stuff like that, and you can think freely, you can eat whatever you want, you can work, you can drink pure water, uh, you have electricity, you know, all those things you don't take for granted. You you think about them as a huge huge improvement of a humanity over the time. And that's what is important to keep as a, the humanity, like all those tiny things, so that mm-hmm. they work, so that I don't know we Stable, have uh, all those goods in our lives, and just try to make this world a better place to live. And uh, of course, then it helps you a lot mentally to not complain because people complain a lot, at least in my surroundings. And I guess in modern Western societies, a lot. Mm-hmm. You don't complain anymore. You don't complain anymore. I I don't remember when I've complained last time about something like I have no complaints at all. And I see a lot of people here. Of course there are problems and you know day to day like daily challenges in your work, in your podcast, in your relationship, in your life, but mm-hmm.
0: in general you don't In general things wrong. are these are pretty in good. General, things are the best that they've ever been. Yes. Yes, for any human being. Yes. In that's, these areas that we sure. live in. That's for sure. And that so reminds then... me
1: of of really um, how fragile life can be, and how important it is to do everything you can, the best you can, to just keep it working and yeah, stop this shitty wars across the globe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that perspective and gratitude for life can go a long way. And I think a lot of it is like what I think about and what I'm curious to discuss with you is like, how do you then multiply or like communicate that reality where like we are here now in the 21st century these are all the things we have just like basic how privileged we are compared to where our species has been in the past how do we be appreciative of it and then how do we use that gratitude and a positive mindset to create a future that's even better for the people Mm -hmm. after us like that is the question i'm curious about you know good good question rich and
1: To be honest, I don't have a proper answer, but I have one thing in mind that comes that in the first line uh, all the media, social media news, uh, people, the way people communicate over the internet uh, should think and write and text and speak more about some positive things that we've already achieved as a humanity right now i'm talking about for example i don't have a studies but uh definitely easy to find uh look at africa africa was one of the poorest if not the poorest continent in the world like on our planet Earth. Mm -hmm. and right now in many regions in many african regions there is Water supply, proper electricity, super fast internet. Uh, I guess Nigeria made like really Dude, well.
0: Ni- Nigeria is like my favorite like country. <laughs> Ni-
1: Ni- Niger- I, I, I I I've read about Nigeria. Nigeria did pretty well in terms of uh, this climbing up and uh, improving the way of life, like mm-hmm. on the on the on the, in the first nine on a country level, but it. It consists of, like, these tiny pieces, like, you know, yeah. small households here, people, single people, uh, married people, whatever. And then it's like... So I think it's important to communicate those things. It's important to... For me, it's crucial to communicate that kind of thing, that it shouldn't be always about well, the problems and challenges and worse, and just to bring some kind of a positive mindset... Uh, to the people that humanity is doing well. Of course, there are challenges, but probably since I don't know um, <clears throat> since eighteenth nineteenth uh, century we are in the best place ever existed on this planet Earth with all those goods such as electricity and uh, water supply and uh, heating. Can you imagine heating like all? the apartments are supplied with a heating system. So it's warm in the winter. Can you imagine like it back in 18th and 19th century and it shouldn't be taken for granted and we should communicate about those things that indoor hey, plumbing. How about indoor plumbing? That's pretty fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. And, um, yeah, I think uh, it's a huge role of a uh, social media and that's what I'm also trying to do. Um, uh, for example, with my podcast, I'm trying to bring some positivity. And uh, of course, there will be the like, there will be the raw and the war problems and some challenges. It's there are it's always a, challenges, but yeah, there are always challenges. It's There's part never part. been a
0: time in human history where there have not been
1: challenges <laughs> exactly. But our challenges compared to challenges two centuries ago. Ah no not even the challenges, it's like some, you know, kind of small tricky questions.
0: It's like we just gotta figure this stuff out. Yeah. We just gotta got to work together, put our minds together, use the technology and just figure it out. That's that's the whole point. And um
1: probably that's the one thing how we can uh you know uh, spread this way of thinking across the globe. At least one point in a bigger equation question um because i don't have a proper answer of on how we can do it but it's definitely it should be at, if not the start but somewhere in the middle like the media should change i'm not it's not going to change itself yeah yeah and you have to participate in it a lot that's uh for example you as individual with your podcast and um uh, me as well I also know uh, some um, some people with a huge fan base on Instagram and all, all, all these social media platforms. They start there, like in every in every household step, 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 and one day we'll achieve it. Just a matter matter of time.
0: Small steps every yeah. day.
1: Uh, Live. Um... Uh, one thing I figured out life is not a sprint, life is a marathon. It's like you don't have to achieve, for example, that kind of thing in two years or in five years, but you have to think about it structurally, like you have decompose a problem. And uh, one of the most fundamental probably skills for all the data scientists and machine learning engineers to decompose problems to the basic level really to the fundamental understanding of uh of a question or of a challenge and in 90% of the time you don't need a machine learning model for a specific problem you just have to write a proper function and it's mm-hmm. like 2 plus 2 and that's it simple as like that and that uh that kind of thing um uh, um i've taken away from my just freshly started data science career and um, yeah, life is definitely a marathon and not a sprint. You have to um, really um, take smaller steps and breathe and be grateful for achieving like those steps. Otherwise it will not work, or at least I have no idea how it works.
0: Yeah. And also with this marathon thinking, breaking down each mile that you're running right yeah. it's like you gotta if you're doing 26.2 miles you gotta run one mile first mm-hmm. you know you gotta like keep building up to that yeah uh, it's
1: also about the completion this, uh you know about this um habitual thinking that uh it should be a habit in my mm-hmm. eyes like for example uh, in my exam uh, my perspective on social media and then news and stuff like that uh it should be uh on a habitual basis it should be like deeply inside of you and not like some some surface level discussion so okay, it's good, but two weeks later everything is bad again so that kind of
0: wait what do you difficult... mean elaborate on that
1: um I mean that this change this transformation mm-hmm. inside a human it's difficult if we're talking about societies it's even more difficult and it takes more time and mm-hmm. um, it should be a habit and you cannot build habit in one week or two weeks of course there are like some which come out but
0: that's like the probably the most important thing to communicate to people within societies that it's not going to change overnight like you literally have to like Mm -hmm. habitually just get better
1: (laughs) absolutely Hmm. the whole point it's like daily work and daily self-reflection daily reflection on your society on your community on your beloved ones it's a lot of
0: a lot of work what excites you most for the future Tricky question
1: since our last uh episode in back in January. A lot a lot of things changed, but I think the future will be bright. Um I think that if like the modern, like the younger generations right now are more. Able to communicate and uh if we just let younger generations, I mean me included and you included, like uh if we reflect good on ourselves, we'll build the brighter future because um, Putin will die one day, and all those politicians uh starting wars will die one day, but if we will There's always able...
0: another to take their place though.
1: Yes, but uh, if we will be able to transform ourselves into we'll anything, see it happen. We'll see yeah, it we'll see it happen prevent that, that, it better. That, that, yeah yeah, that's the whole point. And if me, for example, if I will inspire, let's say three people and these three people inspire like mo- mo- each three people, uh, just to reflect and be more, grateful for, for what you have, uh, reflect more on what you're doing, take over responsibility, very important to be responsible of what you're doing, um, to communicate things either than to punch uh, and start a fight, you know, on a daily basis as well. Uh, I think the future will be bright. That's um, definitely, in at least in my eyes. It's difficult to implement, but mm. it starts as you've mentioned in in the head of every person on this planet, and it's definitely one of my responsibilities to make this happen. Just because I want my children and grandchildren and uh, children of my beloved ones uh, will live in a good place on this planet Earth. That's mm.
0: simple as that. So, um, self-reflection, responsibility, and communication uh, are yes. the kind major of th- three major things keys. you said. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, when you say like self-reflection, you're you're you believe it's a good thing that more young individuals take the time out of their days, find time, make time in their days to reflect on their own lives. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be daily, but if you do like really s- super simple, once a week, you take um, Sunday evening, just to reflect how your week was, how you performed on Monday, what were your thoughts on Tuesday, how was, uh, what kind of emotions you've experienced on Wednesday, that kind of things, just over the week. Then you, of course, you can like go to- Like bare minimum,
0: say. at yes, least bare, do that. Yes, yeah.
1: bare minimum. And, um, once it's established, uh, I think you can improve your way of living at least like you can boost it by 50%. Like my, just, you know, some kind of initial guess that, um, if you reflect on what you're doing and what you're experiencing, what you're thinking of, what you're, uh, living through, what kind of emotions, very important emotions, because, um, I'm not like, that emotional person but I still experience emotions we are human beings and
0: you are a human being yeah (laughs) yeah
1: it's very it's very important to process that kind of emotions Mm -hmm. and uh, for me it's like probably the most difficult part to process emotions what I'm experiencing what what I feel is it like anger or is it rage or is it happiness or is it uh, gratitude or is it like the whole spectrum and yeah that's i think that the key points and if the younger people will be responsible responsible for what they're doing plus communicate <clears throat> in a human way with a are they with other people and self-reflect on what they're communicating when and all this stuff i've mentioned i think it's possible to build a better, better society and better, better humanity in the future.
0: Something I uh, appreciate, which you didn't say, is money. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think the answer is money. I ah. disagree with that.
1: No, nah, money, money comes and goes uh, in, I don't know, five, ten years in half of our countries will pay with some crypto wallets uh, embedded into your hand no money is not de- is definitely not an answer for the, yeah. for that kind of questions that's for sure that is 100% i'm i'm really super convinced that money is not an answer at all
0: when you say responsibility what do you mean by that elaborate on that
2: just simply
1: be responsible for what you're doing. You've done good thing. You can grab all the congratulations and all the um, yeah, all the positive effects of doing good things mm-hmm. straight to you. If you've done bad things, if you I don't know murdered or or robbed or assaulted, you have to go to prison. It was your choice, and it's very important to have that kind of money much-
0: responsible I- for actions respons- and behaviors yes. one of one yes. self. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Responsible for behavior, for actions, for uh yeah, basically that's it. Because uh, what I've experienced and also responsible of uh what of who you are as well um in general terms because uh i think right now the younger people cannot fully be responsible of their lives and it's always uh some kind of a distractions all the way through and like on a daily basis uh social media plays a big role but you know that of course so um i see that um Everything is bad and this also internal suffering, as you've mentioned, but it's not me. It's all the bad things around me, but not me. And I think it's important to be responsible of what you're feeling just to keep you, just at least to keep you healthy, of course, if you want to. Uh, it's like the bare minimum as well. But yeah, that's... Mm. that's. Uh, very important things
0: and then communication
1: communication yes, well because what do
0: you what do you mean by communication
1: um, uh simply sit if you have a problem with someone because people have from people are difficult complicated creatures. if you have a problem for example if i would have had a problem with you in any way I wouldn't buy tickets and uh, come to Chicago and punch you in the face or have a fight with you. I will sit on a table and discuss my problems, my thoughts, my all the way through. Like everything I have to say to you, I will discuss Mm -hmm. on the table, communicate with you, and find a solution or whatsoever, but Mm -hmm. not but not uh, taking stupid actions before communicating or before like self-reflecting or reflecting. So mm-hmm. basically think twice or if you need more, like think more and then try to take a, an action. My, my granddad said like um, literally two very good things um, in his life. The first one is um, you have to find the, Golden, um, the 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 golden measure in your life. So you have you keep everything in balance. It's one of the hardest things in life His words, cited. Uh, and the second one is you have to measure seven times, and then cut it once. Mm-hmm. It's a well known, uh, well known um, phrase in our societies. But still, it's like. Somehow it's stuck to me, and just think before you say something. Think before you uh, do something stupid. Think before you. It's difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. It's ex- actually it's extremely difficult to think before you do something and think why did this and I'm I cannot do this. Like maybe five percent ten percent but i'm trying to do my best
0: yeah it's effort, effort effort into one's life would be would be a a good uh Uh, good thing totally um what do you think about data's role in what makes you excited for the future Hmm.
1: um uh, um digital transformation is all the way, uh, uh, it's like really booming right now. And um, I think with the data people will, also with, the, I'm speaking about AI systems and um, all that kind of uh, predictive system that people will take better, will make better decisions in the future. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. That's 100%. It's already happening, but it will be even better. Um uh I don't know about uh some ge- like there is this term general AI where it's like a proper human being with a like AI capable of everything that is human capable of. Mm-hmm. And I'm not thinking it will happen in the nearest in the closest future but uh we're on the way there that's for sure and a lot of people lot of really bright minds uh working very hard for this but um yeah I think like the I hope at least the biggest benefit will be um making more rational decisions uh and uh the second one is um also automation of those boring daily processes in your life uh the uh, data and ai will help a lot for sure mm-hmm. and yeah hopefully there will be no more uh i don't know workers in a factory staying for t- like 10, 12, 15 hours working extremely hard and like dying with in with 45 60 I don't know but yeah I hope I hope it will uh, go away one day. Of course there will be uh, a huge discussion later on about um, about uh, some regulations uh how to fix it, for example, with the taxes like it's a common question how should robots pay taxes or not because like humans pay taxes if they are in a factory should mm. robots pay taxes in a factory and uh, it was a huge it, it was a huge discussion here in Europe uh back in the days I'm I didn't follow it uh till the end but uh, yeah and there are a lot of that kind of things that mm-hmm. um, Come with the uh, AI and data and big data transformation and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I think the future will be bright as well, also with the data, and that's how it will be. And it's up to us, engineers, scientists, researchers, uh, consumers as well, to make it to make it better for the. Human being uh, purposes.
0: What do you see the the biggest challenges of the twenty first century as? Uh, probably we've already discussed. We've all probably. we've already discussed the main one probably, but like yeah, but it's I would say like uh, external issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not human beings, but like external issues.
1: Uh, to my we've discussed it but it wasn't recorded it was about yeah. uh underpopulation uh,
0: see people people think i'm like crazy when i like say this but it's underpopulation um there are elaborate of... more on why uh
1: yeah you can show this um this fragment to your to to, to your friends and, and people around you the
0: biggest threat to humanity is underpopulation
1: yeah um the biggest, uh, like the best example, uh, and a couple of days ago, I've read a small um, research and post on it. Uh, For example, Japan, they have Mm -hmm. extreme decrease in population since 1975 or something. And uh, it all has to do with migration and fertility rate and there are a lot of factors. yeah. But, um, yeah, to be clear, all the societies, after the technological improvement, after the drastic uh, increase in the quality of human life, uh, we ex- all the societies experience um, that kind of uh, decrease in population. And it's... Uh, a- kind of well-known fact and the fertility rate plays a huge role because if you live well why you have to have more children and stuff like that and japan as i've mentioned has um one of the yeah biggest challenges right now is a uh, underpopulation because it's decreasing like uh, zero point two or zero point three percent per year mm-hmm. the population can you imagine it's like Zero point two percent per year, like the initial population of Japan. It's huge. It sounds like zero point two percent. What? What the hell is that? But in five years, it's like one percent.
2: In mm. ten years, it's two percent. Yeah.
1: It just and it just happens, and also mm. in the uh, European countries as well in this um research it was stated that by 2050 uh the annual decrease in the european union will be 0.5 or 0.4 i'm not sure 0.4% per mm-hmm. per year hmm. even more than in japan till yeah and uh till the end of 21st century probably <laughs> yeah will not have enough people and um
0: but let's uh, look why explain why this is bad if we're looking because a lot of people think that the world or planet earth is overpopulated and there isn't enough resources elaborate and explain why underpopulation is bad i
1: have very good question i have two things Two things to, to to notice. The first one is a bad distribution of uh, people. Cities are growing and rural areas are just dying out. But the land is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure in the US, it's kind of same story. The rural areas are dying out slowly, but dying out. And all the people, younger generations move to New York, San Francisco, Florida, whatsoever. And that the first thing to mention the distribution is bad and it should be fixed like across probably all the societies, maybe only Switzerland, uh, works pretty well, but Switzerland is small and they're pretty evenly distributed, like more or less, but it's a whole nother story. And the second one is, a is a workforce productivity, I would say, because, uh, I want to eat something and you want to eat something. And uh, we all want to eat and drink something. And we all want to go to the, I don't know, um, theaters and cinemas. And we all want many, many things. And to manage those many, many things, you have to have people. AI yeah. will not replace everything. That's for sure. Not at least in our lives. It's, I'm, pretty convinced that it will not happen but it will help a lot but it will not happen Uh, and probably ai will even create more more spheres to work in Mm -hmm. such as for example this uh all this cryptosphere for example Mm -hmm. as ai is also stimulating and technology is just giving new opportunities to work and to um Yes, there are so many new positions and, and job roles that we've never seen or heard about before. Data engineers 20 years ago there were no data engineers. Data scientists 25 or 30 years ago, there were no data scientists. And right now, mm-hmm. look, look pure chemical engineers, some kind of uh electrical engineers for smart grids. That's yeah. You understand what I mean, right? So and um this, the, to have this workforce, you have to have people for this. And um, I think if we, it should like those both things should be fixed in the first line. So the distribution across geographically within mm-hmm. the countries, just make your rural areas better uh, places to live, just stimulate it. And it's
0: uh, in the first line. Here's, a, here's an example of this. So I go to Wisconsin all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm from rural Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, cool. I live in Chicago. So I grew up on a farm and uh, I go back. I, I need personally both the city and the country for me to like thrive as a human being. And my mom, this last time my lease came up uh, for the apartment, And she's like, you know, you could come back here. I said, is your internet fast? Is your internet going to get any faster? No, then I'm not going to live here. And that's like, to me, one of the biggest things about rural areas is like equal opportunity of high-speed internet access. Perfect
1: example. Perfect example. Really, that's a well summarization of, why it's important. At least fix the internet in the rural areas. Yeah. And more people will come. Fix uh, some um, hobbies and activities in the rural areas. More people will come. Just like to fix this distribution problem is one thing uh, because uh, I also sometimes get this feeling that in uh, bigger cities also in Hamburg, Hamburg is a very big city. um, There is this overpopulation problem but it's not it's not i mean of course here yes because like people coming 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 no place everything's super expensive but if you think about like country level mm-hmm. uh, probably if you mentioned uh, if you if you note if you've noticed all the people who speak about overpopulation are from the bigger cities it's
0: wait say that again
1: uh, all the people who talk about about overpopulation yeah Yeah. they're from from the bigger cities yeah and over the bigger cities are growing and growing and growing and, and overpopulated and that's a very important thing to go beyond your comfort zone and to have this kind of abstract thinking and apply this abstract thinking on at least on your country where you're living yeah and just have a look on your just take your car or buy a ticket for the train and go to the rural areas and ask people if it's like overpopulated right like for example in wisconsin yeah no that's that's (laughs) that the whole the whole point the whole point and of course like i feel that hamburg is overpopulated that's for sure but uh i know I've been to uh, many, many, many um, rural areas in Hamburg and in, uh, not in Hamburg, in Germany and in Belarus Mm -hmm. and in Poland and in Netherlands. Two houses, like the best example uh, where our countryside house in Belarus is, um, there is uh, also um, like there are two countryside areas like with a lot of houses, one and two. And the first one is full of Like, really well structured with the roads, and there are like there's like a public beach, and like everything's super. And 20 kilometers away from this area, Mm. like from this cooperative, is like another one, and another one, there are like 60 houses, and 50 are closed, or destroyed, or damaged, or um, inhabitable, Mm. and uh, that's what I'm talking about. Give people um and it's our also our our responsibility to support the local communities to make um rural areas better place to live and Mm -hmm. you'll fix this distribution and then you will see we are (laughs) underpopulated then you'll see that we are super underpopulated if you spread all those people back to their homes
0: i think uh one of the biggest um issues of the 21st century is going to be human movement Mm -hmm. human movement
1: that's what i'm Um, talking about yeah that's what that's what i'm talking about and um, that's a big a a big threat i would say and maybe last um, thing i would drop to the uh, underpopulation population is um, you don't have to be a scientist or researcher like if the numbers, if the population is decreasing, right? And your all the things you want in your life are increasing, like some extra food, some extra drinks, some extra activities and stuff like that. So you have to either keep the population up or you have to keep the productivity of this decreasing population up because otherwise it will not work. Mm. So uh, if, and my guess, my guess would be if the fertility rate in modern societies will decrease as it's decreasing, uh, we have two choices and either increase the fertility rate or increase the um, productivity to supply um, all those people left on the planet Earth with uh, all the goods and food and uh, stuff like that mm. so yeah basically pretty simple equation of course there are like a lot of factors but if we're talking like on a huge scale um i think i think it is
0: yeah yeah it's uh it's interesting it's I, always I... It, it, go ahead
1: no, I just want to say uh, you're not the only one who who experienced that. Are you crazy? What kind of underpopulation? Are you sick? You're like you yeah. want some 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 maths or stuff like that? I'm, I'm saying no, guys. That's like
0: it's a basic math problem. Mhm,
1: And I think. Also uh you've asked me last time about my article about um statistical bias it's also a confirmation bias if you live in your yeah. uh, overpopulated overcrowded space in uh, like New York City or in Hamburg and Berlin of course it's overpopulated how you expect to be it's not overpopulated when all the people are coming to the to the bigger cities and like this human movement uh, as you you've mentioned and, of course, like, it, you will face it on a daily basis. And, of course, if media tells you that, whoa, overpopulation is a problem. No, bad distribution is a problem. And then, of course, you will be chewing it as the real information, as a real fact yeah. that
0: we are overpopulated, but we are not. See, I, I actually think, see, my, uh, my thought isn't that my experience with people denying that um, underpopulation is an issue and thinking that we actually have overpopulation, it comes from discussions or conversations with Americans where there seems to be this like uh, ethnocentric view of the world where yeah. it's outdated. There's basing their ideas off of things they're thinking about of the 20th century, where there's a developed world and a developing world and not understanding because they don't talk to people outside of the United States or other people that don't have the same perspective as them. You realize that the world, like, yo, the world's caught up. And, like, the resources, it's not the, like, they're using outdated uh Mm -hmm. information to like think about the world in a way the
1: the source of data is outdated yeah yeah, that's absolutely true and uh, i don't to be honest i don't particularly like this kind of view that um there is developed world and
0: yeah i don't like developing
1: world what the hell is should it mean i mean
0: that's such a 20th century view to look at the world
1: the point and people also hear like it's like a developed country and that's it's developing country of course it's developing because uh, it's difficult it has the whole different background and history and stuff like that and political issues and geopolitical and geographical and social issues mm-hmm. of course but uh, I don't like when people speak about countries in that manner so okay. I'm more of a I don't know.
0: See, It speaks to like, I'm in America and like the blindness of overprivilege where people can't see that, like the rest of the world and what's happening.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that in my position where I am and, uh, in the first time I'm very grateful where I am. And of course it's like a lot of hard work to overcome and to come to study and stuff like that. But, um, a lot of people take it for granted in the first line and uh, they don't understand it's like a huge privilege to have mm-hmm. all that kind of goods and all that kind of uh, freedom of speech, freedom of choice, freedom of A, B, C, D, E. And you should work for it. I mean, not for, with it. Just yeah. to keep it keep it growing and to spread it and to help other people, other communities, and other societies. That's the that's story. That's.
0: Yes. Uh, well, it's always right. great talking with you. <laughs> we, yeah. We great same. conversations.
1: <laughs> same. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I'm glad we uh, caught up more too. It's been a while. So thanks for yeah, coming sure. back, back on.
1: Yeah. You're welcome. I would like to be in the next
0: episodes. That's for sure. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, check out Vlad's podcast, Futuricity. Like it, follow it, listen to it, and think about your own place in the world, what you can do and create the future that you envision for yourself and your community.